0: We've all heard of the Myers-Briggs personality test. You've probably taken that test a few times over the course of your schooling and your career. But have you ever taken an Enneagram test to find out your personality number? Welcome to episode 70 of This Shit Works. I am your host, Julie Brown, and today I am joined by Nicole Saunders to discuss using Enneagrams for business and self-awareness. This episode is sponsored by Nickerson a full-service branding, marketing, PR and communications agency with team members in Boston, L.A., Miami, and New York City. Visit them at NickersonCOS.com.
1: Welcome to This Shit Works, your weekly no-nonsense guide to networking your way to more friends, more adventures, and way more success with your host, Julie Brown. Here we go.
0: I won't lie. Before researching this podcast, I knew nothing about Enneagrams. And now, after doing the research on this podcast, I know next to nothing about Enneagrams, except that there are nine personality types. In preparation for my conversation with Nicole, I purchased an online Enneagram test, which consisted of 144 pairs of statements. For each pair of statements, you pick the one that most reflects your personality. Some were super easy to answer. I was like, yep, that's me, 100%. But some other ones I felt could go either way, and I struggled to pick the one that described me the most, and that was a little frustrating. After I answered the 144 questions, my test results were emailed to me in an eight-page document, which left me with more questions than I started with. It's like when you get your yearly blood work done and the lab sends you back a printout and you look at it and you're like, well, I guess my hemoglobin numbers are good and my cholesterol is within acceptable parameters. My iron's looking pretty healthy as well. The numbers are there, but they don't really mean anything to you or at least to me that is what getting my enneagram type indicator back was like for me apparently within these results lies powerful information corporations small businesses and nonprofits around the world are using the enneagram as a breakthrough approach for sh- for leadership development team building communication skills and emotional intelligence The Enneagram shows a range of healthy to unhealthy behaviors that each personality type might demonstrate unconsciously. This podcast is all about networking, and knowing your Enneagram can help improve your people skills, among other things. This is why I needed to talk to a professional about this, someone who could break this all down for us. Enter Nicole Saunders, who is a business coach who helps people grow their businesses by tapping into their Enneagram personality type and its strengths.
1: Nicole, welcome to the podcast. Oh my God, that was the best. I'm like over here cracking up. I'm like, I've never heard anybody introduce the Enneagram in this way, nor compare it to blood work. I'm like dying. This is so fun. And I'm like, no, I, I had your results in advance and I'm like, you know, you reading that I'm like, yep, definitely an eight. Like I'm also an eight. So I'm like, I'm just like, this is too funny. It's too funny.
0: So I'm literally walking into uncharted territory here. And so I'm assuming that for a number of the people who are listening to this podcast, they're all like any who <laughs> so can you just sort of, what is this Enneagram personality type thing?
1: Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's basically a way to understand the why behind the things that you do. So why do you act this way? Why do you come across this way? Why do people think for us eights, why do people think we're intimidating and bossy? Well, you know, we just are that way naturally. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good way to understand yourself and also others. It, it, it's a really good tool for building empathy. And there's so many pieces of the Enneagram. It is so deep. I'll, I'll try not to go too in depth with it. We'll try to keep it more basic level, but. So there's, there's nine types. hmm Is This is like a
0: basic question because I don't know because I got mine back. So for the listeners, I'm an eight. We'll get into that later. The eight is called the challenger. And I immediately was like, for one fucking time in my life, could I just please be like the good person, the person who understands, like, no. And so immediately I was like, oh, eight is probably the worst number.
1: Is one type better than the other? No, no, they're all equal playing fields, right? So, and and the funny thing is, I think, and I talk about this quite a bit, is in entrepreneurship, I think people are like, oh, I need to be a three because that's the best type. But that's not necessarily true. I think a lot of people think, one, threes are best, but two, that because I'm an entrepreneur and I'm driven and I work really hard and I'm a workaholic because I like my, what I do, that I'm a three, but that's not always the case. We could have similar behaviors. I'm um, like eights and threes could have similar behaviors as to why we're really driven and why we take fast action want to work hard. Mm-hmm. But eights want to work hard because we don't want to be controlled. So we all have these drivers behind these core fears, core desires behind the why so with eights it's we don't want to be controlled we want to be in charge of our own destiny time whatever and so there is no better or worse type there's not one that oh that's the best type we all want to be like this or one that's like i do not want to be like that type now personally and I, i probably shouldn't say this but there are types that when i first heard about them i was like Oh my God, that is not me. I would not want to be that type. Like so let's do let's break down
0: the type. So there's nine. Yeah. So let's start mm-hmm. with all right. So type one is called the reformer. What is the reformer?
1: Yeah, yeah. So each type has different names and depending on which um which school of thought you're looking at, they may have different ones. So um I may call it a different name. So the one could be the perfectionist or the reformer. And so those are, their core desire is they want to be good. They don't want to be wrong or evil. So they are chasing things to be good. Things can be black or white for them. Like there's not, it's hard for them to learn this middle ground thing. So, And and I will say, let me preface this too, with I'm giving you general information. Now there are some people that may be really healthy and like I don't do that. Or people that are like, oh my gosh, I'm so like, that's me. It's just because they don't under, like, you just don't have that self-awareness. Haven't went through a growth mm-hmm. process yet. So these are generalized <laughs> things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So we've the reform one, the reformer mm-hmm. now on, on the test that I took, I'll give the names that the tests that I took, and then you can say, if there's a different name for it. Yep. Two is the helper.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. So two um, is the helper or also known as the giver and they want to be loved and accepted and they fear being unwanted. So a lot of times they're doing things because they want love in return. Okay. So I'm going to do this for you. So you'll love me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Right. I know I, like an eight is probably like, Oh, that is not me. I do not do things because I want people to love me. I don't care if you like me or not.
0: Right. Yes. Yeah. The three is now this was what I was upset about. I looked at the names before I, before I did. And I was like, I'm definitely going to be a three because the three, and you mentioned it, everybody wants to be a three. The three is called the achiever.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they can also be known as the performer. So the achiever, what happens is they want to be valued and essentially loved because of what they accomplish. So again, they may be doing what we're doing you know they may be an entrepreneur but they're doing it because they want people to see their achievements their accomplishments and that's how they gain love so they fear being worthless and um this also comes from your childhood so a lot of this was how you were raised your parents your guardians or whoever your caretaker was and it developed your defense mechanisms. so that way this is what happens now as an adult you can see this playing out sure uh,
0: number four, the individualist. That's mm-hmm.
1: what it is on my thing. Yep, yep. And they can be called individualist or the romantic, and so they want to have this unique significance. They want to create this identity, and they fear not being significant. So, and and I for the longest time I thought I was a four, but when I looked at the childhood, gr- um, stuff, I realized I was an eight. And I look back, and I'm like oh my gosh, I'm totally an eight. I can't believe I didn't see these signs before, but um, fours just have this core, like, what am I missing? What does everybody else have that I don't have? So they constantly think they're missing something.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, Moving on to number
1: five, the investigator. Yeah. So the investigator or the observer is type five and they want to be competent. So and, and fives can sometimes mistype as threes as well, but that what they're doing is learning this stuff. So they know things and they don't appear as, um, useless or dumb or whatever term you want to use. Um, so they are constantly trying to get resources, especially knowledge. Um, yeah. So that's the observer or the investigator. Okay. Number six, the loyalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this type, um, the loyalist or the loyal skeptic, sometimes I think of them as the devil's advocate just because they ask so many questions. If you're asking a lot of questions and you're like trying to make sure that everything's really secure and safe, um, you might be a type six. So their desire is to have that security and that support system. um, And they fear being out, being without guidance or stability. Okay. Oh, interesting.
0: Yes. Okay. We're going to get that to that in a second. Type seven, the enthusiast.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they can also be known as the epicure. And this type I think of, they are very playful and spontaneous. Their core desire is satisfaction or pleasure. So they don't want to be deprived or um, the mundane is kind of something they don't want to deal with. So they are constantly seeking pleasure and, and stimulation from their experiences. That's very interesting. Then type eight, which is,
0: we've talked about a little Mm -hmm. bit, the challenger.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they can also be known as the protector. And I think there's one system that even calls type eight, the boss, which is very funny. (laughs) Um, So our core desire is to have control of our own lives and our fear is being controlled. And that can manifest in different ways for me. It's a lot about my schedule and my time or mm-hmm. other people. It may be money. It may be something else. Yeah. It can be different things. So we just want to make sure that we are protected from vulnerabilities and weaknesses. So this might shock
0: you, but the ninth one is the one I ranked the lowest on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nine is called the peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And they can also be known as the mediator. So nines have this desire to have this peace, this peace of mind. They do not like conflict where eights some, and this is where I thought I wasn't an eight because I don't love conflict, but I can deal with it very quickly. Eights also have a denial piece, which is another reason why I didn't think I was an eight. I was in denial about it. But anyways, with nines, um, they have this separation or loss. So they think if they're in conflict with somebody that they're going to be separated from them Mm -hmm. or they won't, they'll lose them as a friend or partner or whoever. So they're constantly seeking harmony and peace. And I think with you looking at your results and knowing that seven was, I think a second yeah. So for for the listeners, apparently there's you, the three
0: top three scores are very important in our, in our personalities. Uh, my top one was an eight, which is the challenger. The second was the loyalist and the third, which was number six, type six. And the third highest was a type seven, um, which is the enthusiast. I will say the loyalist and the enthusiast, they are one point away from each other. So I think mm-hmm. they can flip flop on, on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I would say just looking at that, your wing would be a seven. So you'd be an eight wing seven where I'm an eight wing nine. Cause I'm, I'm more introverted. I don't, I'm not like spontaneous. So I can be. But I have to be in the mood to do that. <laughs> Please explain wing because I don't know what that mm-hmm. means. Yep. So the wings, um, and sometimes people get confused. So if you were looking at this and you're like, well, six is my high sco- second high score. So I must be an eight wing six. Well, that's not correct. So wings are the numbers on either side. So with us, you could either be an eight wing seven or an eight wing nine right. and so on, so forth. So a three, their wing is either going to be a two or a four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody has the one core type and this is why it can be so confusing. You have your core type, then you have a wing on either side. So that's two other numbers you have in relationship to. And then you also have connection points to two other numbers where you can connect in health and and growth. So really you have a connection with five numbers. So it's so easy that people get mistyped. Like it's if you've been mistyped or you're like, I'm still confused, like you don't have to rush into deciding what number you are. Nobody's out here being like, pick a number. Right. So
0: so this is what's so interesting about this conversation. Because um, again, I didn't, I, I took the test. I didn't know what it means, but I know you listened to the numerology uh, mm-hmm. interview that I did with Joe Soli where my life path number is a seven, but I was born on the eighth. And so she keeps saying that I gravitate towards being an eight, but I should try to reform myself a little to be a seven, which is interesting that I'm an eight, but the wing
1: next to it is the seven.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just very strange,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, there's, def- I believe there's, and I, I'm a little woo-woo. I believe there's like synchronicities and there's yeah. numbers in our life for a reason and things we keep seeing. So yeah, that's that's really cool that you're, you're like connecting these patterns too.
0: Right. I mean, that's the thing about patterns. You can't connect them unless you look for them. And I think, you know, when I did the intuition one with Ange, like that was, that's the thing about being more intuitive is to looking for these things, mm-hmm. not waiting for them to smack you in the freaking face.
1: Yeah. Um, and that's another reason I kind of thought I was a four. Cause I'm like, I'm very intuitive and I thought, Oh, it's my intuition comes from my heart. Mm. Well, no, the eight is part of the gut center. That's your intuition. That's your somatics that's coming from the body. And so I had to really kind of realize that too. So I, the Enneagram is, is a
0: diagram in, mm-hmm. in when it's done. It's a diagram, it's a circle and the numbers are around that circle yep. and they make points and everything. And I'm going to suggest that the listeners buy this $12 test. So you can see what I'm talking about. What I, I sent you my results, the eight pages of like, blah, here, you know, um, <laughs> they did do that diagram for me mm-hmm. in the diagram. They connected the eight to two other numbers, which was mm-hmm. growth or growth was a two and stress was a five.
1: What mm-hmm. does that mean? So what happens is eights, when we are really healthy, we, we can access two. So, and and I, I do this program and somebody asked me because twos, when they're in stress, they go to eights. And they're like, Oh, that makes me feel bad. I was like, no, don't feel bad. We're just accessing the best or the worst parts of those other numbers. So with two, we're accessing those really empathetic pieces. We can really connect with people, which is interesting because this podcast is about networking. Mm -hmm. Twos are amazing networkers because Hmm. they like to get to know people. And so that's where we go when, when we're experiencing growth, we pull out those really good qualities. And then when we're in stress, we're going to access our type five. So let's say for example, and maybe you did this, maybe you didn't, I don't know, but let's say you were like, Oh, I'm interviewing Nicole. I don't know a damn thing about Enneagram. Oh my gosh. Internet search. I got a sleuth. I got to look at everything. I got to take the test. I got to figure all this out. Exactly. That's an eight going to five in stress because fives are, Let me collect all the knowledge and all the things. So that's what eights do when we're in stress. And each type has numbers that they go to in stress and growth. So with us, we're an eight. We can either be a wing nine or a wing seven. And then we go to two and we can go to five. So those are our five numbers that we have access to.
0: Where does the, where does like the six come in? The fact that that was in my top three, is that just something I access
1: so, in my personality? Like not necessarily. It could be that the way you took the test, depending on your mood of the day can impact your mm-hmm. results. Okay. Um, It could be that you just ask a lot of questions. And so that's something you naturally do. And I think it's funny too, because those are both in the um, head center, which is the uh, the normal the mental intelligence piece so you may have really good access to that mental intelligence but also five six and seven being in that head center triad they also have a lot of access to the core emotion of fear where eight nine yes. and one we our core emotion is anger so yes. and i think that's where we become really intimidating because it's like it's anger i just got to move it through my body but other mm. people are like oh anger that's bad like ones are like I don't even use the word anger. I like to use the word frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> like cuz they think anger makes them look like a bad person and we're just right. like it's just energy. We got to move it. Right. One thing
0: you said when you talked about the 6, which is my second highest number. You said that the need for stability. That is 100% me. The way that I grew up, the you know, just being poor, my you know, my mom's car mm-hmm. being repossessed out of the driveway and me watching them towed away like I, I live in this, it doesn't matter how much money I ever have. I will live in, with the fear that my things will be taken away from me. Like, I remember thinking like in the great recession saying to my husband, like, what if we lose one of our homes? That was my immediate thought was what if we lose one of our homes? Like that was never going to be a reality, but uh, which I, is, immediately- which
1: is so funny. Cause I want to pause for a second. Cause it's like, okay, homes with an S <laughs> right what if we lose one of our homes? Right. You know, (laughs) yeah. Just to think about that from a place of privilege for a second, it's like, I don't want to be vulnerable. I might lose one of my homes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so
0: that was my first, my my first thought wasn't like, Oh, maybe we have to cut back. Maybe we have to, my first thought was we're going to lose a house. I immediately, like, my, my need for stability, financial stability is so baked into me. I, not only did I have the, the situation with with my mom, but I was essentially raised by my grandmother, who is 97, who grew up in the depression, who used had a freezer in the basement for when we didn't have food when the depression came again. Like this was my mentality as a child was that at any moment, things will be taken away from us.
1: Yeah. But, and I think that if, if you don't have and save and, and have these things that leaves you vulnerable and weak. Right. Right. So I think that it makes sense that you're an eight with that. See w- my eight is more of my dad was emotionally and verbally abusive. So I would stand up to my dad and be like, you can't do that as an eight year old kid. Like, mm-hmm. whoa, you know? And, and I didn't even think about that until I looked back and I was like, oh yeah, definitely an eight. Yeah. <laughs> like There are so, so many things you know. that in in the light of reflection years later are
0: so glaringly obvious, but you can't, mm-hmm. when you're in them, yeah. recognize them. So tell me, how you work with people to make them recognize their personality types and then the strengths that lie within that personality type. Because I know you work with a lot lot with entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. which is we are the thing. We are the business. We are the thing. We need to know how to be the at our best working with our strengths all of the time.
1: Yeah. So depending on what type the individual is, because it's all going to be custom. So like your personality. And then what are your goals? What's your end thing that you want to get to? So I recently worked with a three and I was like, when's the last time you like took a break or just sat around and were like, Mm -hmm. do you know how to be? What does being mean? And she was like, I cannot recall. Like, I know it was at least October last year. And I was like, okay, so let's work on that. Um, You know? So I was like, could you do 60 seconds? Because I know if I was like five minutes, that was going to be too much. So just figuring out that, because I approach this coaching piece that, yeah, we want our businesses to succeed, but if we don't take care of ourselves and understand Mm -hmm. who we are, it's not going to succeed. I bring a lot of that holistic approach because of my background within higher ed. So for us as eights, it's we make quick action. We want to move. We want to go, go, go. If I'm working with a six and they're like, oh, I'm scared, this isn't going to work. You know, there's a lot of fear that comes up, a lot of self-doubt. Sixes are very big into self-doubt and and not being assured and confident. So that's, I I think I just bring some of that confident energy so I can help them see like, well, why aren't you taking action? You've already thought through all the things. So using the personality of each individual and seeing those strengths, what they're really good at, if there's areas they need to develop, or maybe there's things they can outsource, like sevens, no mundane things. So sevens, I hate bookkeeping. If sevens don't like that, I'm like, outsource it. If you don't like it, outsource it or sandwich it. Do something you really like, do the thing you don't like, and then do something fun on the other end. So each personality has something they're going to be really good at and something they're not going to be good at.
0: Are there good personality matches? I'm an eight. Do I jive well with a certain personality number or a person that I wouldn't chive well, because I'm also, you and I are like, immediately we're like, blah, 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 like, like we're two eights, so like peas in a pot We're like peas and carrots right now. Like, but are there like two numbers that you're like, you should probably steer clear of this personality type, or is that not a thing?
1: I think it can depend. So I'm, I'm very conscious of this sometimes. So my sister and I are both eights. My sister is a different kind of eight. I, I think that I am. So I'm like, so um, bad. you're acting like, yeah, I'm like, you're <laughs> acting like Alec Baldwin again. I'm going to need you to level it down. Like when she gets in her moods, like yesterday I saw her and she was telling me something about at work, something was going weird. I said, yeah, I could tell. Cause you texted me and you were very rude about it. <laughs> and she was just like, okay. So, you know, I think sometimes eights, we can butt heads because we might think the other eight is trying to control us or whatever, but we also move through it really quickly because we can be blunt and honest and, and just move on. Yes. Now, I think I'm, um, I always say this carefully because I never think people should filter their self or water their self down or try to be something they're not. But at the same time, when you're aware of how you're coming off. So I'm very intimidating. I know that I can be bossy, bitchy, whatever other word you want to call me aggressive. So when I'm approaching a two, I'm not going to be like, just go do the fucking thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, okay. So how can we just go do this thing? How can we go take the action, right? So twos, I, need, I know I need, they, they're they more emotional. Even fours are more emotional, especially all that heart center piece. So the two, three, and four. But when I approach them, it's going to be a little bit different. It's not going to be as much tough love as mm-hmm. with a three, I would be like, just go set your alarm and be. Mm-hmm. Where a two, I would, you know, let's be a little bit nicer, Nicole. Let's use some nicer language right. than I would approach maybe a one or a, or a three, knowing how you're coming across the perception of how others perceive you. Cause I mean, mm. I remember the first time somebody told me I was intimidating. I was like, <laughs> that's funny. I'm not intimidating, but then I realized, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of, yeah, I get that. I'm intimidating.
0: I get that from people that I'm intimidating. Yeah. So Yeah. Which, but I also, I feel like you can say anything to me. I'm like Teflon Don. You can say anything to me. Let's talk about it. So I feel like maybe that is intimidating, but I always feel like I, I allow people to say whatever they want to me and I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let's figure this out. You know,
1: but it's also this intensity, this energy. So we can just be intense because I was like, how am I intense? I'm not, I don't feel like I'm that like, but somebody was like, Nicole, it's your energy. It's your presence. It's just what you bring. I was like, oh. Like, I didn't realize that. And then I was like, okay, well, this makes more sense. Yeah. So when someone works with you, do they come into working with you
0: knowing their type, or do you go through the process of discovering their type together?
1: So I'll ask them to take a test first and Mm -hmm. that's where we'll start. So, you know, I'm like, send me your results. If you want to pay for it, great. If you don't just send me what you get. And then If we're going through it and it's not sitting right, then we'll work through it. I'm working with a team right now through an agency. And one of their members was debating between a two and a four. So I was like, okay, we we've talked about the four, before we meet again, I would like for you to do some self-reflection and kind of figure this Mm -hmm. out because I can't get inside your brain. I can give you some tools and some questions and help you decide which is best fit, let's use this as a starting point. So if I was coaching you, I'm like, okay, you're an eight, let's start there and go through things. And I think from us talking, like an eight seems pretty accurate, especially listening through some of your older podcasts and stuff too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: If I came to you and I was like, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an eight. Do I present you my challenge? Like this is what I'm being challenged with at work, or this is what I'm struggling with, or like, does that come up in the, like, how does that, how do you Mm -hmm. help? I'm just, what is the? How do you help
1: people? Yeah. So I asked them some questions. What are your goals? What's your biggest thing that you're struggling with right now? Where do you want to be in three, six months? Mm -hmm. Talk through all of that because we could all be struggling with different things and, or, or even the same thing, but how you approach it and how you, solve that problem or, or work it out in a way that's healthy is going to be different based on that number. A lot of times it's, I want to make more money. I need to get in front of people. I need to be more visible. And eight is just like, just go do it. Right. Yeah. Where other numbers it's okay. Well, six, why are you scared? Five, why are you hiding, isolating? Every number is going to have something that, and mm. the Enneagram is, is that framework is that tool to help people understand and how they approach the business, how they do things because some people are like oh, i'm not good at sales okay well maybe you're not good at asking for the sale but is there something because of x y z in your tight that's holding you back from even asking for the mm-hmm. sale or from being visible or from whatever it is so i'm going to say we could have talked for 5 hours and i would still be oh, like yeah.
0: <laughs> not understanding a lot of what is in this 8 page document about myself so I'm going to suggest to the listeners, number one, take this test. It is, it is so interesting. Take the test, figure out your number, reach out to Nicole and say, what can I do with this information? Yeah. Um, I think that would be great because I pretty much am going to hang up with you and then send you an email and say, what else do I do with this information? <laughs> Because it is, there's so much in here. And I just feel like the deeper we, like, like anything, the deeper we
1: dig, the more we're going to uncover and the more useful it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you go into subtypes and the intelligence centers. There is so much within the Enneagram that you can use because Yeah, it's self-awareness, but then it's self-mastery and so much that you can use for professional and personal development. Yeah, I would suggest
0: for people for team, you know, for entrepreneurs, know your type and know Mm -hmm. your strengths and your weaknesses in that type. And then encourage if you are if you are on a team that works together, encourage everybody to do this so that you can begin to understand the different types and it might change the way you work together.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh,
0: Nicole. Thank you. This was great. I mean, honestly, I love when I have a topic that I know nothing about and then I'm like, Oh, this is great. I've learned something, but I also want to know more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I'm so glad I was able to introduce you to the Enneagram. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much. I'm going to put links to your
0: website, your information in the, on um, show notes. And okay. I'm going to suggest that everybody reach out to Nicole to, to start digging into this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And when the show goes live and when you're listening, you know, screenshot it and tag me. I'd love to see that you've heard it. And so I can reshare you. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you.
0: So we clearly only scratched the surface of what Enneagrams are and how understanding what our numbers are can help us. Each of the nine personality types we talked about is characterized by a set of dominant behaviors, motivations, and fears. The goal of the Enneagram is to better understand your type so that you'll be able to make the most of your strengths and address your weaknesses in order to achieve your full potential. Well, personalities are complex and a simple online test is not enough to tell you everything about your personality, your motivations, behaviors, strengths, or weaknesses. But I love that it offers a foundation to have a discussion about who we are, why we do the things we do, and why we react to things a certain way. I think it's fascinating. And after the conversation I had with Joe Soli about my life path number, I'm so intrigued how the numbers 7 and 8 keep showing up in everything I do. I want to know more. And I hope this conversation has made you curious as well. Do you already know your number? Did anything that Nicole said about your number resonate with you? As it relates to your fears and your motivations? See, when Nicole said that Enneagram 8s go to a 2 in times of growth, that one 100% tracks with me. That's when I'm building relationships easily. I'm able to express my emotions. I'm generous and I'm helpful. But during times of stress, when I go to a 5, that's 100% me as well. When I'm stressed, I'm worried that I'm not capable of doing all the things I want to do. I become hyperactive and preoccupied with thoughts of what if this and what if that. Now, it's one thing to recognize that all of these things are happening, but it's another thing to have tools to work through them. That's what Nicole does. She helps people make sense of their motivations and fears based on their personality type. I think we could all use a better understanding of that. Anyway, there's no shortage of information out there on Enneagram types, and I encourage you to learn more about what type you are and see if it doesn't make you go, huh when looking at their corresponding traits, fears, and motivations associated with the number. And if there are any other 8s out there, let me know. So, because the 8 keeps showing up in my life, I found a cocktail called the number 8. And it has mezcal and ginger in it, which are two of my favorite things. How perfect is that? Here's what you're going to need. A half ounce of fresh lime juice, one ounce of ruby red grapefruit juice, three-fourths ounce of ginger liqueur. I used Domaine Canton because that's what I had. One ounce of mezcal, one dash of orange bitters. And if you want a garnish, you can have a, an orange twist or an orange wheel as a garnish. What you're going to do is you're going to add the lime juice, grapefruit juice, ginger liqueur, mezcal, and orange bitters to a cocktail shaker and fill it with ice. Shake, shake, shake. And then strain into a filled highball glass garnish was that orange twist or the orange wheel and surf that's it friends i hope you enjoyed this episode i certainly enjoyed researching it um and i hope you got something out of it until next week cheers
1: hey thanks for taking the time to listen